Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. I'm the host, Blair Kirkhoff. We made it to June, June 1st, and you know what that means? Well, that unlike several other Major League teams, Royals, baseball operations employees, won't be furloughed or laid off, and that all of its minor league players will continue to get paid through the summer. It's more than 200 players. We talk about these moves that have been widely applauded, and appropriately so. On today's show, with Royals beat writer Lynn Worthy and star columnist Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian. We also get into baseball's future. Are the owners and players going to get this thing settled? Are we going to have a season? But we'll start today's show with an audio clip from Royals general manager Dayton Moore, who spoke to reporters late last Friday afternoon. We're extremely fortunate and blessed to have John Sherman and the and, um, all the investors as a part of our ownership group. I mean, it's it's been amazing to be able to to work with John. He's very thoughtful. Um, he asks great questions. Uh, he's a great communicator. Uh, our conversations are lengthy. They're full of depth and substance. Uh, and it, it's been a, a joy to, to work uh, with him and all of our people through this process. I mean, that's, I got an update today. I mean, this organization, since we left spring training, has had 1,240 Zoom calls and webinars uh, with our baseball operations department. A lot of those calls have been uh, with our minor league players, one-on-one calls with our minor league players. 180 of those calls have been specific to our pitching programs and our hitting programs. Uh, and so it's it's been a collective um, a group that has led uh, during this, this period of time. We've taken great opportunity, I believe, to uh, utilize this time wisely to grow stronger as an organization, to communicate better. But John Sherman's advice to me uh, once we left spring training was he said, Dayton, the only, I asked him, I said, how would, how would you want us to lead through this? And he said, just be very transparent with people. Make sure they understand, you know, what, what we're dealing with. Communicate effectively as, as the best you can. Uh, with what we're experiencing, and um, you know, we did just that. And I can't say enough about what JJ Piccolo has has done, and Scott Sharp, and Alex Zumwalt, and Mitch Meyer, and Paul Gibson, and Lonnie Goldberg, and Renee Francisco. And I mean, I'm leaving people out. I hate to name names, but it's just been amazing um, to to watch those individuals lead. And but we're, you know, what we we all began in this game, and the leadership. In our, in our organization, we all began at the lower levels. We started as scouts. We started as coaches. We know how hard it is to play this game. Uh, we understand what baseball means to a baseball player and what a baseball player goes through, the sacrifices that they make. Flanny, one of the things that we talk repeatedly about uh, with all of our players is, you know, we want them to learn valuable leadership lessons through this game of baseball. Uh, in the minor leagues is certainly uh, a, a great platform to do just that, to learn to be a leader. And so we've tried to model that behavior the very best we can. And uh, But understand this, that the minor league player, the players that you'll never know about, the players that never get out of rookie ball or high A, 
those players have as much impact on the growth of our game than 10-year, 15-year veteran players. They have as much uh, opportunity and influence on the growth of our game as those individuals that played for a long time because those are the individuals that go back into their communities and teach the game. Uh, they work in academies. They're junior college coaches. They're college coaches. They're scouts. They, they coach in professional baseball. They're, they're growing the game constantly because they're so passionate about it. And, um, and so we felt that it was really, really important not to release one minor league player during this period of time, uh, a time that we needed to stand behind them. The, the weekly amount that they get, truthfully, is, is not a whole lot of money. It's, 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 it's not my money, okay? Let me just preface that. It's not my money. But in the scheme of things, it's not like they're getting rich. But we wanted to just stay with them. John Sherman understood that from the very beginning. I mean, this guy, when you, when you evaluate and you look into the history of what he's accomplished and how he's accomplished things in his business and in his personal life, this was a very easy conversation to have with John Sherman. He understood our philosophy uh, greatly. How proud are you, Dayton, too, that, you know, considering what's going around baseball right now with, with you know, so many teams releasing players and, and laying off people that you work in this organization where they're doing just the exact opposite. Well, Flanny, I never judge what another organization does. I'm not sitting in their chair. I do know the, the other 29 general managers and many of the presidents, and they love baseball players, and they care deeply about this game. Right, right. And so I'm not judging them one bit. and and But we're, we're focused on what we have to do, what our culture is about. Uh, we, we came here many years ago with the spirit of how can we make the game of baseball and softball better in our community. We want kids, boys and girls playing the game. We're never going to stop looking at this game from the eyes of our youth. And um, we're going to just try to hold the integrity of the game. And um, like I said, I, it's, um, you know, uh, the, the support we've had from from John Sherman and this ownership group. I mean, that's that's it's 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 been amazing really so without sounding corny though but how much did that warm you to, to hear those words from um the owner well it's it's special because this thing is so much bigger than us flanny i mean we have a very small window of opportunity in this game we take nothing for granted right and um we are stewards of this game I think John Sherman said that from the very beginning. David Glass always talked about being a steward of the game, and that's what we've always tried to do. We just want to make the game better uh, than than we left. We just want to make it better than we than we uh, found it. That's all. That's all we're trying to do. We don't, we don't deserve credit for that. We just that's what we're supposed to do. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. 
Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Here with the guys, uh, Lynn Worthy, uh, Royals beat writers here. So is Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian, star columnist. And we just heard from Royals GM Dayton Moore explaining uh, the, uh, the, the what the Royals are doing, which is continuing to pay minor league baseball players through um, through the summer and and continuing to uh, pay, uh, not lay off or furlough the the baseball operations folks in the front office. Hey, Lynn, I wanted to ask you just to get started. When, when did you catch wind of this and, um, and, and, and what was your reaction to it? Well, the, the fact that they, they were still trying to decide what they were going to do with the minor leaguers. Cause I think, you know, talked to Dayton the day before and it was still a question about what they're going to do. Um, but they it didn't sound as though they were going to, you know, like the A's had declared pretty much that they were going to cut, you know, just cut it off. No, no more payments once you got past uh, May. Um, and it didn't sound like they were they wanted to do that. But he just, you know, he wasn't willing to go to say what they were going to do. But that he had talked to John Sherman and they, that he'd been really supportive. Um, and then I think earlier in the day on Friday, um, got word that they, you know, there was, uh, I think, to remember who it was first. It was, I think, John Heyman tweeted something. Um, I was able to confirm it, and then we talked to Dayton in the afternoon. And um, my reaction was, was that this um, this sounded like sort of what you would expect from from Dayton Moore. I mean, obviously, it's more than Dayton. Um, you have to go through ownership. But my first reaction was just the way they, the emphasis they put on the minor leagues, and not just as development, but in terms of um, the way they take care of those players, the way they they look at um, almost like they're you know looking after those young men more than just baseball players. The way they they think of them as a way to spread the game into different communities. Um, things that we've heard Dayton say, but also you know you talk to different people. I mean, you talk to Dayton and off the record, and you hear these same sorts of things. You talk to different people. I mean, before I even covered the organization, talking you know, whether it's scouts or people like that who talk about just the reverence for Dayton Moore and the type of guy he is. Um, this just sort of fit with what you would expect. Um, so it wasn't a surprise. I guess it was just sort of against what you see in some of these other organizations where, you know, you got the A's saying we're not paying guys. You got organizations saying that they're going to pay them to a certain point. You got um, angels talking about furloughing, you know, a lot of the scouting staff. And meanwhile, you got the Royals who aren't, a big market who aren't making a whole lot of money who, you know, they're going to pay their minor leaguers and there's executives in the baseball side who are going to take pay cuts so that they don't furlough uh, lower rung people like the scouts and the player development side. Yeah. I was going to ask you why all this is significant. I think you, you just told us uh, because of what other teams have been doing. In fact, correct me if I'm wrong, Lynn, I, I think I have read that the twins also are paying their minor league players. And then I, I just, I don't know if every team has, has weighed in on this, but I, so the Royals and the Twins are the only ones that I've seen paying their minor league players through the summer. Um, I'd have to look at. I think there's some other teams who are paying through the summer, but some of those teams also cut minor leaguers, and that's the other thing the Royals aren't doing is they aren't going to release any of their minor leaguers 
um, for the foreseeable future here, where in this last week we've seen, I think the Mariners were one who cut something somewhere upwards of 30 uh, minor leaguers um, just in this last week. Uh, the Royals are not going to cut anybody, and they're going to continue paying them through the summer. So that's that's where there comes a little bit of difference. Is there's some teams who are paying, but they just put a bunch of guys out on the street within the last week, and then there's some teams that are like the the Twins and the Royals have already declared we're not cutting anybody, and we're going to pay them all through the end of the minor league season. All right, Sam and Vahe, you you guys have known Dayton Moore for a long time. Sam, you you longer than anybody here, um, and to me, this is the ultimate uh, walk the walk. Uh, example of, of Dayton Moore. Just, the Royals don't talk the talk, they walk the walk, especially when it comes to treating people. And I just, um, uh, listen, this was announced on Friday. It understandably got lost in the news cycle uh, with the <laughs> events over the weekend and, you know, in the country. But I, I just thought it was worth, we, we need to talk about this. And, and the Royals, not that they're looking for credit, but absolutely need to get the credit that they're due for all this. Yeah, I, I had like two equally strong and, and you know, on a one to 10 scale, 10 out of 10, um, two equal reactions. And, and the first was, um, you know, this is who the Royals have built themselves to be. Like they're, you know, part of, um, and I wish I could think of another way to say it, but part of their brand has been treating people a certain way, uh, supporting minor leaguers, treating baseball players as, as people, you know, um, as well as players and anything other than this in some ways, you know, if you want to look at it, I don't know if this is cynical, but if they would have cut, if they would have done what the angels are doing, it would have been hypocritical. Um, you know, it, it would have gone against what they built themselves to be. It would have gone against the way that they built themselves from a laughing stock. You know I mean? The, the 30 out of 30, the worst franchise in baseball to world champions, it would have been a rejection of that. Uh, the other like equally strong reaction I had, is that the, the Royals were, I think, uniquely positioned to justify cuts because unlike the other 29 teams, the man and the men that own the Royals do not have years of profits to, to go back on as they're losing money this season. They don't have you know, a franchise valuation that has skyrocketed. Uh, in fact, they have a franchise they just paid a billion dollars for, have not played a game, and I don't know what they could sell that team for right now, but it sure as hell would not be a billion dollars. Yeah, so, I was going to say, where's the, where's the income right now? Yeah. You know? So, I mean, so they are, I think, uniquely positioned to justify some of these cuts. And, and the fact that they did not makes the Angels and Artie Moreno especially uh, look like dogs. I mean, that, that is just a, a, a comprehensive rejection of the logic or the justification that some of these other clubs have done. It's, I, I, it is significant that the Royals have done this in those two ways. I feel very strongly about that. Hey, what do you think, Well, I'll just mostly reiterate what Lynn and Sam have said, but it, it's funny uh, you use that term about walking the walk. I had, I had told myself, they're, you know, they're walking the talk. Um, you know, they, <laughs> right. what they say, they, right. they do, they, they, you know, they, they, they back it up. That, that's been, Certainly Dayton's modus operandi. You know, I, I, I've thought about this with Dayton um, a number of times, and really he has a pretty consistent, almost unfailing record of being motivated for the good of the game or the good of the community by things he tries to do. Um, and that's shown up. His sincerity shows up. Uh, we saw a lot of people, I don't know if they were retweeting Lynn's tweet, but they were 
retweeting a Peter Moylan tweet the other day about Dayton's words from this. Eric Hosmer was tweeting it and saying he loved playing for Dayton, and Moustakis retweeted it and said same. And so that's that's just bedrock part of this, and, and Sam laid out so well. Um, but the other thing is just really true about new ownership. We don't know anything about how this product is going to play out on the field, but I guess we've already learned a little something about John Sherman and his partners, um, and uh, probably not something that they, obviously not something they wanted to have to speak to or stand up for or deal with in the midst of really crisis and chaos. But um, sometimes you show your true colors in these situations, and I, I think they've done that. Lynn, do, you, do we know how much this is going to cost the Royals? Um, the minor league players, uh, I remember, I think the estimate was that, you know, um, to, for the end, of the end of the season, it might be like a million, million and a half. Like, it's not a whole lot. I mean, they get about $400 a week stipends. Um, there's more than 200, probably somewhere between 200 and 250, probably players in the minor league system. Um, so it's, it's really, it's like a million somewhere between a million and $2 million, uh, less than $2 million, um, is what right. you're talking about to pay minor league players through the rest of the season. Okay. All right. No, not insignificant, but, but again, I mean, there's no, right now there's, you know, there's no income, right? There, or there's no ticket sales and no games of, um, you know, there, there are no games to televise. And we're we're no, all enjoying no. some of the, some of the, you know, the uh, trips down memory lane of the postseason and now regular season milestones that we see on, Fox Sports Kansas City, but it ain't, it ain't the same as um, you know as live events. So, and speaking of live events, let's let, let's figure out where this stands right now. We're, we're recording this on Monday, uh, June the first, and as of now, there is no um, there's no agreement between the baseball and the players' union, and that stands, I, I believe, stands alone on the major sports landscape and. You know, in our country, uh, the NBA, the NHL, MLS all look like they're, you know, they're, they're, they're in agreement and have dates and, and schedules and uh, plans for restarting. We, we know that golf is, you know, is going to get back. NASCAR's already started. But baseball is the outlier here. There's just some disagreement. And I wanted to get you guys' opinions on, on the look uh, that this is um, you know, presenting to uh, to, to sports fans, to baseball fans, and to sports fans that um, that, that baseball, at least right now, and they, they've got they've got a little bit of time, right? Maybe this week, if we're, if we're looking at a timetable, if they want to get going by mid June in terms of a spring training, they've got this week to to maybe get something done. Do we think something's going to get done, Sam? Let's start with you, bud. I'm so frustrated with it. I mean, uh, I, I still think that something will get done. Just. I, I, but the only reason that I have to think that is just because of what not getting something done would mean that, you know, just the whole logic about, um, you know, they can't afford not to do this. But um, that's how I look at it when when I'm just, you know, reading what's being reported. But then and I think I'm actually going to end up writing about this this week. But then you start talking to people in the game and it doesn't make me more optimistic. <laughs> you know, it, it, it goes the other way. And it just it is so freaking frustrating that, uh, you know, for those of us that love baseball, that want it to grow, that want it to stick around, uh, the opportunity cost in, in what could have been done 
compared to what is being done is just enormous. And even if they get to a point, you know, by Friday or whatever, where, um, okay, it's not going to be 82 games like the owners originally said. It's not going to be 114 like the players wanted. It'll be 95 or whatever. Uh, and, and, and they figure out the details. It just still leaves a bad taste. You know, it, it still exposes a little bit of, of what's been going on. And it's, you know, th- this distrust between players and owners um, has really been growing the last, you know, especially the last five years, but I would say the last 10 uh, as well. And this is what happens, you know, like these other sports are getting their acts together and, and they are, uh, they're moving forward and, and they're operating as partners. And the fact that baseball can't do that right now, it's just, um, God, it's frustrating. It, it, you know, I mean, this could have been a chance for baseball. We, we, we talk and we hear all the time about how baseball isn't, isn't capturing young fans, right? And, and this could have been such an opportunity for them to do that. A captive television audience desperate for live sports. And what, it, instead of real games and, and Mike Trout on, on your television screen, what you're getting is just this bitching back and forth between players and owners. It's, it, it, it is, God, it's frustrating. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Go go ahead, Vahe. No, sorry. Just 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 to sort of add to that point, it's coming off as as just petty petty bickering that is tinnier to the times. For one yes. thing, right? I mean, we've got most people at least cognizant of all that is going on in a, in a society <laughs> that's been in panic, been in flames, been in all kinds of just craziness, and it's like just some other negotiation between these two as if the rest of the world, they're just in a vacuum from the rest of the world. And it really just comes off as, as uh, so distasteful. Um, I've learned from my, uh, my friend, Sam, particularly uh, how to, how to navigate a little bit of the, the, the waters of seeing, you know, Oh, it's the greedy players uh, always seeming to be the uh, way public perception works. But it's quite clear the owners are really at the crux of this. But they're both to blame, and um, I don't know how you ch- how you change that culture, right? That's a separate kind of culture from all these other things we're dealing with right now. But this is it's a, a cultural problem of its own. Yeah. Well, I, I thought baseball baseball was in a place where if if there had been better a better relationship between the the game and the union that you know. It had already started spring training, so you know it wasn't like it was starting from scratch. It could have been the first one back, right? I mean, it had a chance to be the first sport back. In you know, they would have cut out the cold weather games. It would have you know, baseball could have come back in in you know in a warm weather setting and had it just look good. You know, it would have been. I, I think. Baseball's still popular enough that everybody would have been excited about the you know the first team sport to return, and they have squandered that opportunity. Yeah. And and, um, and and it, so again, it's not too late. And July, the first week in July, whether it's July first or or July fourth of July for for a start is is still possible, and and people will enjoy that. But and anyway, I want to get back, Sam. I thought you made a great point about the uh, about the youth and. And, and possibly losing, you know, a generation, the generation losing interest in baseball be, because of this. I'm not sure how it happened to some extent in 1994 with the strike when we lost the postseason. I still know people today who say they, they, they baseball turned off for them at that point. I, I think it risks 
that and more this time. Well, so can I just say ahead. something real quick? It's it's not just the people that turn baseball off, but it's the people that never turn it on. It's the people that never give it a chance. And and baseball had an opportunity to be the first and to say like, here we are. <laughs> you know, like you, you want sports and, and here we are. But instead, it's going to be the NBA and soccer that are back before baseball probably and the, and those are the sports that have you know have passed or are passing baseball and that's that's just again for those of us that that love the game uh, it, it's just aggravating to see yeah lynn what do you think is going to happen well actually i had a, a question because it seems like we've talked a lot or you guys have mentioned a lot about the idea of being the first back and well i mean because I, I still feel like there's time but i guess my question for you guys is how much do you think they're they would be hurt by not being the first back. Because, I mean, I guess I, I've always been a little pes- pessimistic in terms of how fast this thing was going to move just because, you know, we we always heard different details and things before they actually got presented in proposals, so you knew it was going to be lag time. So I just always assumed that. But um, I still feel like there's time, and I just I, I wonder how much you think the, the actual not being first is going to hurt the game. Well, I don't, I don't think it's about not being first necessarily. I, I think the, the – if, if the delay is um, them saying, look, there's a lot of complications here and we've got players with, you know, um, you know, who, who have gone through chemotherapy and we've got players who, you know, have asthma or whatever. We've got at, at risk players. We've got players with pregnant wives. We've got these things to work to work through. And it's just a complicated thing. If that was the delay. Cool. Like, I mean, who, who could who could criticize them for that? Right. But the delay is this complaining about every dollar and and that's the part that is going to turn off a lot of people and has turned off a lot of people and will continue to do that that's the part that's aggravated it's it not i i totally respect anybody can respect how complicated the whole thing is but um you got to get through the money and and (laughs) you know if the delay is um we don't have enough testing or whatever okay fine um that's one thing but if the delay is uh, you know, no, we, we need further pay cuts and this is exactly how you're going to have those pay cuts and all that. And that, that's the part that I think is just absolutely a turnoff. But it's, it's kind of, I mean, and obviously the money is the thing that gets, you know, a lot of the attention, but it is sort of both right now. Right. I mean, like it is the, you still have to work through those other things. I mean, like that was what, one totally. of the first, you know, right. So, I mean, like that's, yeah, but if, if, but if that's what it was, it's still the money. Like if you get through the money and then you can put all of your energy and your thoughts into, you know, this, what should be a mutually, you know, you know that that's common ground. Like the owners don't want the players to not be safe, right? Um, but it's it's if you're doing two things, you know, you can't devote all your energy to one. And 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 as soon as anybody hears, especially right now, I mean, unemployment's going up and people are stressing about finances, and uh, you know, to hear those arguments, it's just it's going to leave a lot of people you know, just not interested. One thing I think about in baseball still has an opportunity to be the first back, depending on when MLS, because NBA is not coming back till the end of July. Right. And, and, and I'm not sure about the NHL. So there is that opportunity, but I think the other, I think it could have come back a little earlier and then really had the landscape to itself and think about when baseball, if, if it does come back, when it's going to end and what it's up against when it ends, it's postseason with, you know, all of the spring sports schedule has been picked up and, and moved to the almost all of it to the, you know, to the fall. So baseball is not only going to be competing with NFL and college football, but the Kentucky Derby is going to be in the fall and the Masters is going to be in the fall and the Indy 500. And 
um, other events. It's just going to be such potentially such a crowded sports calendar when when baseball is at um, you know trying to make its you know it, its its case as the as America's game in the postseason with its TV ratings. It, it's just it's going to be more difficult for baseball. Uh, to the, the baseball championship at the end, and I, I think that's um, look that was always going to be true anyway. Look right, but but I think that's going to complicate it's going to complicate things for baseball in in the fall. All right, guys. Hey, look, I'm glad we had this chat. I'm glad we got to talk about the Royals and and Dayton Moore and the organization. Let's let's not lose sight that that was the important part of the conversation today. And I really do salute. I, I loved what Dayton said too about the. Um, about why the minor leaguers uh, are so important. The guys that um, that play you know, even in the lowest levels of minor league baseball, they're the guys that go on to work in the academies and become your junior college coach and your, you know, your that type of college coach, that sort of thing. I just thought that was brilliant. And um, and and that that is it's one thing to you know to to do what they've done, but then to justify it that way, I think that's the note that really resonated throughout baseball. And I was I was so. Um, you know, proud of my hometown team when I when I saw that, and and that was this is underlining something that Vahe said earlier, but uh, that was like the most Dayton quote <laughs> that I've ever seen. You know, yeah. uh, that, that's how he's always presented himself publicly. It's how he's um, conversed with everybody on this call privately. Um, it is that is freaking who he is, and and you know to see him articulate it in that way uh, was just beautiful. And if, the one thing that sort of gets, um, you know, lost in that is I think at the uh, – I'm trying to remember who it was who asked the question. It might have been Flanny asked the question of just like how good it feels to see, you know, um, the organization embrace that. And he said something along the lines in there of um, after that quote about just, you know, we don't get credit for that. That's what you're supposed to do. And, yeah, again, yeah. That, that was, that was again, to me, just what I've known of Dayton and the people in the organization and just the, sort of the atmosphere and the, the tone that's set. The idea of, you know, I mean, because obviously that quote's been out there and people have jumped on it and, and rallied behind it. But he's like, this is what you're supposed to do. This is, you know, you, we're not looking for credit for that. Was another thing that he said that resonated with me, at least. Same here. All right, guys. Hopefully, the next time we talk, we'll be breaking down the Royals' fifty-man roster going into uh, <laughs> going into spring training. All right, Lynn, Sam, Vahe, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Blair. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. A tip of the cap to all of our guests: Lynn Worthy, Sam Mellinger, and Vahe Gregorian. Links to stories about the Royals can be found in the show notes and always on the True Blue app. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer and still stands, still a good one, 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage, and that includes the Sports Extra on the E-Edition. Here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage. The details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. Hey, whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.